Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. We are back. Welcome to the 13th season of WGR's Fast Track here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Dave Buchanan. Great to be back. It was a long football season, wasn't it, Bills fans? And we are actually, it feels, it feels like it was. it's only been six months, and it feels like yesterday we were just wrapping up last year here on the program. But here we are back after another football season on WGR Sports Radio 550 and ready to kick off another racing season with you and we'll be with you each and every Sunday from now until next football season here at 11 a.m. on WGR Sports Radio 550 and excited to be back as I said right off the top here on the program. Uh, For those of you not familiar with the program just a quick introduction I do every year but my name is Dave Buchanan. Uh, I've worked here at GR in various roles throughout the years not so much these days but I still am very uh, honored and very happy to have this little time slot to talk with you every Sunday morning uh, to talk racing. I also work with the Buffalo Bandits on their broadcast on the radio and on our internet streaming broadcast as a uh, field level between the benches reporter. And uh, my biggest passion outside of you know working with the Bandits is probably working in motorsports, where I work with a couple of the local tracks here in the area, some local racing series as an announcer, an immediate relations person, and racing has been something I've always been involved in almost my whole life. And when I started working here at GR, got talked him in to let me have this show, and 13 years later, we're still here. So we like to talk racing on this program every Sunday from 11 a.m. to noon. We primarily focus on NASCAR, but we will not shy away from IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, any other motorsports out there in the world. And if you want to talk about it, too, feel free to call us at 803-0550-1888-550-2550. We also like to talk about local racing here in western New York and southern Ontario, because if you're not aware, there are a ton of great race facilities just within from a half an hour to a two-hour drive from wherever you are in western New York or across the border in Canada. There's some great local racetracks, a lot of great local racers, a lot of great local racing stories, and we like to tell those from time to time here on the show. That usually doesn't start up more until we get to the warmer month, obviously, but that's also something we like to talk about here on Fast Track. So, yeah, NASCAR local racing probably are two dominant topics here on the show, but again, not afraid to talk about other types of motorsports, and uh, whatever you want to talk about. As I said, please call 803-0551-888-552-550. Speaking of local racers, there's actually a bunch of them down south this coming week, these weeks here of Speed Weeks, uh, as, of course, the NASCAR season kicks off today with uh, pole qualifying for the Daytona 500 and the Clash, the preseason all-star race that's coming up this afternoon just after 3 o'clock. Uh, along with everything that goes on at Daytona with all the NASCAR stuff, uh, of course, uh, coming up this week, the duels and the truck race Friday and the Xfinity Series Saturday and then the Daytona 500 one week from today. If you're not aware, um, they call it Speed Weeks, not because of what's just going on at Daytona. There's also a lot of short tracks in and around the Daytona area where there is racing that has started as far back as last weekend and will go straight through this week. And there's a lot of racers from Western New York and Southern Ontario uh, down there competing this week. And one of those 
uh, gentlemen and some of the ladies down there, too. But one of those gentlemen that is competing down south this week, the hot shoe, Chuck Hosfeld, who's originally from Ranceville, New York, uh, now based out of Lockport. Uh, he's going to join us as our first guest of the season coming up at the bottom of the hour. Chuck is the reigning 2018 uh, Race of Champions Modified Series champion. He's also a former champion at the Lancaster Speedway. And Chuck will join us at the bottom of the hour. He started off his season pretty big last night at a track called the Bronson Speedway in Florida, picking up a win there. And he's got his eye set on a five straight nights of racing starting tomorrow down at the new Smyrna Speedway for the World Series of Asphalt Short Track Racing. Uh, Five straight nights of modified racing for him and a bunch of other uh, drivers from Western New York down there as well, too. So we'll talk to Chuck at the bottom of the hour as our first guest of the season and and our first local racing uh, personality on this year's program. But we also want to talk about NASCAR as the season kicks off today and also look back to last year, kind of this first show. I always like to quickly rewind and kind of cover the playoffs since we don't get to talk about them here because it's right in the middle of football season. So uh, off the bat, if there's anything you want to talk about from the end of last year with Joey Logano winning the championship and how the end of the season played out, uh, phone lines are open again here this morning, 803-0551. 888-552-550. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Fast Track 550. Send your tweets there at Fast Track 550. Also, we're on Facebook too, uh, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. But catching up with the end of last season, of course, Joey Logano did go on to win the championship. Uh, I listened back, actually, to our final program from last year where I kind of made some predictions going into... Uh, the playoffs because we we wrapped up you know right before the uh, the Southern 500 at Darlington, so kind of made some predictions for the end of the regular season going throughout the playoffs, and uh, I had some mixed results. I said Den- Denny Hamlin was going to win the Southern 500 and Chase Elliott was going to win the uh, Brickyard 400 to wrap up the regular season. I was very wrong, as of course Brad Keselowski went on that three race winning streak to round up the regular season and then won the playoff opener at Las Vegas, uh, but. I was pretty good, I think, on my playoff picks. I had six out of the eight uh, final eight drivers remaining, and I actually predicted the final four, which wasn't a big stretch, obviously, because Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick kind of dominated the whole season, and they were going to be three of the four at Homestead. It, it, it pretty much happened, and that's what happened, obviously. So I got those right, and I had Joey Logano, but obviously I didn't pick Logano to win the championship. I had Car- Harvick winning the title, but Logano shocked the world, I guess you could say. It was a pretty big upset after the way the other three drivers dominated the year. And Logano, though, won at Homestead and won his first ever uh, NASCAR uh, Cup Series championship in a pretty amazing fashion, making a, a late, you know, they had a late race restart with all four drivers at the front of the field, driving around Truex for the win, and uh, Logano stealing the championship out of Homestead. Kyle Busch, you know, had some struggles with his pit crew, kind of uh, hurt his chances, and Harvick wasn't as big a factor as I thought he would be. But uh, Logano, your reigning series champion. I thought it was a very, uh, it was a, the playoffs were very entertaining. Uh, not a whole lot of surprises because of the big three and their dominance. Uh, you did have a couple shockers, you know, Denny Hamlin not getting out of the first round. I thought uh, Denny was one of the drivers I had in the final eight, almost into the final four, but he didn't get out of the first round. And, uh, you know, Kyle Larson maybe a little bit of a disappointing performance. Chase Elliott winning a couple more races last season was obviously very good. And, uh, you know, and Eric Almarola winning at Talladega, he got to the final eight as well, too. So some intriguing performances from some of the young drivers. But it was no surprise with the final uh, three of the final four. But Logano's uh, big upset there at Homestead was huge. But congrats to Joey Logano. Uh, I don't think he's gotten enough credit in the uh, the. You know, he kind of struggled at the end of 2017 
Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, for most of the 2017 season and then the second half, you know, definitely uh, once they got going last year, uh, I, I don't think Logano got as much credit as he deserved because of how dominant the big three were. But ever since Joey's made that switch to Penske Racing, uh, he has been one of the series' top drivers for as much as he has uh, fans that don't like him out there in the sport. I think still continue to say he's one of the best restrictor plate racers. Uh, in in NASCAR and uh, definitely a great all around driver, and he has now got his first title. But that was a, again great wrap up to the 2018 season and uh, Logano winning the championship. And now we've got a, a new year, and this year is kind of weird for me. Here we, as we head into 2019, of course the the we had practice yesterday at Daytona, and today they'll qualify for the front row at Daytona at noon, and then the clash coming up today. But to the 2019 season. I guess I'm not, it's not that I'm not looking forward to it, but I guess my excitement may be lacking a little bit coming into this year. And I, this year almost feels like a lame duck year for the sport. And I'll try and go go through this a little bit, why I feel that um, the 2019 season is kind of a lame duck year for the Cup Series. I think because there is a, uh, we're on the edge here of a lot of more changes in the sport as much as some people don't want to hear that. But I think there are going to be a lot of changes for the good. And uh, actually, there's a very interesting uh, article that came out this morning from uh, the newspaper in Daytona Beach, the News Journal, uh, reported by Ken Will. I sat down with Steve Phelps, who's the new president of NASCAR, as they continue to make uh, management changes after the departure of Brian France, and pretty much admits that they've kind of dropped the ball with, with some of the stuff they've done you know, over the last 10 to 20 years and getting away from their hardcore fan base, trying to attract new fans of the sport. Very intriguing stuff. But a lot of what's brought up in there is kind of what I wanted to talk about here this morning, and then this came out this morning, kind of reinforced that. But 2019 is kind of a lame duck year for, for a number of reasons. For one, uh, it's going to be you know the last year as the Monster Energy Series. Uh, their Monster Energy's deal at NASCAR is the title sponsor of the Cup Series ends after this year. And then going ahead to 2020, there's probably not going to be one title sponsor for the Cup Series. You know, it's going to probably be a, a series of sponsors, and it'll just be called the you know the NASCAR Cup Series presented by A, B, and C, or the NASCAR Premier Series presented by X, Y, and Z. So, I mean, that that's going to change. And a lot of the marketing, the sponsorships, the uh, you know the associate sponsors on the those little decals you always see by the front wheels, you know, that area of the car where they kind of monkeyed with that during the Plast last year with Snapchat uh, logos and uh, and Twitter emojis and stuff. There's going to be a lot more, you know, addressed with that and a lot of the sponsorship model by NASCAR as a as the as the series as the um as the promoter of the series. Some of that's going to change. So the the series is going to have a new name next year and then also a new schedule is going to we're likely going to get a new schedule. We've kind of had the same schedule on repeat maybe for the last 5 6 years outside of a few changes including a couple big ones last year with uh you know Indianapolis moving up to the end of the regular season and Vegas getting a second date, New Hampshire losing a race. You know, last year we did see quite a few changes. We had the the Roval in Charlotte which was a wild race. But really beyond that, it's been a carbon copy for the past five, six years. And that's because NASCAR had signed all these sanctioning deals with all the tracks in the circuit. And instead of one or two-year deals, they did five-year deals to kind of lock everything in. And while that was a good thing in the short term for the t teams or the tracks in the series, you know, to promote their dates and they could sell tickets in into the future and everything, it got, A, the, the schedule got a little stale, and B, the tracks, the, 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 the schedule... 
has become a, a hot topic of discussion, whether it's too many mile and a half tracks, which, yeah, uh, that's part of the problem. The lot of more talk about the schedule being too long, the fact that they race from February to Thanksgiving, um, you know, talk of sh- possibly trying to shorten the schedule. Can they get done? You know, can they get done in September? Can they get done before the NFL season gets going too long? Uh, talk of midweek races, too. You know, that that time of the year in July when uh, baseball's on their all-star break. You know, there's a that one day of the year when there's no major sports really going on. Could they could NASCAR race that, whatever that Wednesday or Thursday is? You know, can they do some midweek races in April to get away from the NCAA Final Four, you know, to get to get off uh, to get out of their way? Um, could they do some midweek races in the playoffs to get away from the NFL, you know? Just change it up a little bit. So 2020, uh, this is the last year of the, all those sanctioned agreements. So next year's schedule is not totally up for grabs, but there's going to be some some movement around, and, and nothing's been reported. But there's just a lot of talk of, of some of those changes happening. Will NASCAR add some midweek races? Will the the season get shorter? And actually, the midweek races are a way to kind of shorten up the season a little bit. It'll be hard to eliminate races because. The NASCAR's partners with the tracks, especially with NASCAR and the International Speedway Corporation merging, ISC owns a majority of the tracks in the schedule. So they don't want to take dates away because you know it costs them money, obviously, and they've got sponsorship deals with all these tracks and everything. So eliminating dates altogether might be uh, – that might take a little bit longer. But the midweek races will allow them to shorten up the season um, – and add some new tracks into, get rid of some of the mile-and-a-half tracks, more short track racing, which the fans seem to enjoy the most, more road course racing. We saw that with the addition of the Roval. Could be some new tracks being even added to the series. There's a lot of talk. Um, there's a racetrack in Nashville, Tennessee, um, a very historical short track at the fairgrounds in Nashville that uh, used to host the Cup Series in the 70s and 80s and even hosted what is now the Xfinity Series into the, the 1990s, I believe, and even beyond that. Uh, there's talk of that track, which NASCAR is kind of getting involved with uh, helping uh, do some upgrades of that facility. That talk of that track p- being uh, added to the uh, NASCAR schedule uh, going forward. Maybe not for 2020, but maybe 2021 or 2022. So the schedule is going to change. You know, that's um, that's going to be a we're going to have a probably a, hopefully a very different looking schedule. Hopefully more variety, fewer trips to Kansas and Kentucky and, you know, you could take a race away completely from Charlotte if you wanted to. Uh, you know, um, California's down to one date, but you know Michigan might lose a race. Pocono could lose a race. You know, it, there's going to be a lot, a lot, uh, some changes to the schedule going ahead for 2020. And then we've got now news now that we've just gotten the last couple of weeks that there's going to be a new Cup car coming in 2021, the uh, Gen Seven car. We're uh, we're currently with the Gen Six car, and again, their NASCAR is trying to get back to the. Cup cars looking more like their production cars that they sort of resemble with the the decal stickers and some of the body work that is done. I mean, this year we're getting the Ford Mustang in the sport. Now we've got the Chevy Camaro. I believe we're going to get the Toyota Supra in the Cup Series eventually, probably with the Gen 7 car. I think the Supra is in the Xfinity Series this year. So NASCAR is going to continue to change how the car looks, and we're going to have this Gen 7 car coming in 2021. So again, just all these changes... Uh, in, that are coming within the next two to three years makes me feel that this year is is kind of a, a lame duck year for NASCAR. It's just kind of they're just going to kind of play out the clock this year with the old old schedule and 
last year with Monster and you know the one of the last couple of years with this car and it's not going to not going to be not exciting but it's just I don't know just my excitement for this year is down a little bit maybe because of that uh, there's a lot of changes the, the the business model of the sport itself seems to be broken um you know we've got furnished row racing going out of business you know Martin Truex Cole Pern the 78 team they're now back a part of Joe Gibbs with Truex in the 19 car this year. Uh, sponsors, you know, continue to exit the sport. Lowe's is no longer a sponsor for Jimmy Johnson. Uh, we've had other sponsors, you know, Home Depot left a few years ago. Uh, lots of big sponsors continue to leave the sport. Some have come back, but, you know, more are leaving or going. There's, of course, the always continuing talk of declining ratings and ticket sales, and we know all about that. But also some of the rating stuff is kind of, uh, while NASCAR has suffered some of the worst ratings losses, there's also ratings losses across the board for most of television, although NFLs were kind of slightly up this year. So just this continuing string of bad news around the sport. And uh, the, this article with Steve Phelps that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, and I tweeted, too, if you want to uh, read it, uh, you know, despite all this negativity, you know, Phelps still feels like there are bright days ahead for the sport. And uh, we'll see what happens there. Luckily, they still have a very lucrative TV deal with Fox and NBC. Um, and, and they're looking to continue to improve things with the sport and uh, look to make it better. Um, but obviously, they also want to get back to paying more attention to those hardcore fans that they kind of maybe left in, the, in their dust 10, 15 years ago as they as they hit that rating surge uh, coming into the new century and all the sponsorship dollars and the expanding to other markets, uh, maybe getting back uh, to some of those fans, especially in the Southeast that they left. And unfortunately some of those fans have left and haven't returned. And that's what's really hurt. And on top of that, a lot of those fans, their favorite drivers aren't in the sport anymore too. It, and that's another, the, the talent drain that is hit the sport over the last couple of years with the Dale Juniors and the Tony Stewarts and the Jeff Gordons and the Carl Edwards. Uh, Casey Kane isn't in the sport anymore. Jamie McMurray is going to be, not that he was a huge star, but he, he's not going to be uh, in, you know, he's running two races this year and then he's going to, to work in television. And uh, even Danica Patrick leaving a couple of years ago now, um, this talent drain has hurt and these fans need to find new drivers to root for. And there's, there's still plenty of talented drivers uh, to cheer for. And, but we need to find the fans that have lost their favorite driver, reconnect them with uh, new favorites. And I think one of the ways I think that could really help is if Chase Elliott gets really hot to start this year and he wins a couple races out of the box. Uh, he is, he's obviously the, 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 a big, a next big star to kind of fill some of those shoes uh, with the departures of drivers uh, like your Gordons and Earnhardt's and Edwards's and Tony Stewart's. Uh, and when he won at Watkins Glen back in August, I was there standing on pit road and the how nuts, even that s small grandstand on the front stretch at Watkins Glen, not a big grandstand like some of the other tracks, still a lot of noise came from those grandstands when he won at Watkins Glen for his first cup win in August. So if, if Chase you know, maybe wins Daytona or he wins a couple of these races early in the season. I think that's going to be a big boost uh, to the ratings and, uh, you know, get some eyeballs back in the sport because he could be the next face of the sport if he has a really great year. He finally, you know, got that first win last year at the Glen, won two more races last fall. I really think he's got his confidence going, and uh, it should be, uh, if he has a big year, I think that that goes really well to help the sport because, unfortunately, there's not enough fans getting behind uh, Kyle Busch or, you know, there's 
or Kevin Harvick or even Martin Truex, but I, I think uh, that especially that Junior Nation that was such a big, loud uh, cheering section for Dale Junior. I think they can get behind Chase Elliott, and I think that's what that's you know what NASCAR needs. It, it's always had big names, but even in, you know in the last years of Jeff Gordon's career, he wasn't performing the way uh, a face of a sport should perform. And I, I think you you have those fans, but you also need the the uh, the performances out of your top name stars to help grow those ratings and grow your fan base. So I think if Chase Elliott gets hot here in the, the first half of the season, uh, that'll definitely go a long way. Uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. So I'm still going to watch, but yes, my my excitement is maybe down a little bit coming into the season because there is just so much change, but it's changed for the good. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the schedule is going to be next year. I hope they do many of these things that I, I mentioned, whether it's adding more short track races, doing some midweek races, just doing something different and, and, and fewer mile and a half and two mile tracks on the schedule. I, I'm hoping that happens. And hopefully mile and a half racing is better this year. We've got the, the tapered spacer and the new aerodynamic package for the mile and a half that we saw last year at the all-star race. And we ha- they had a test at Vegas a week or so ago and with mixed results and especially fans freaking out when they heard they were going slower than the Xfinity Series cars. But that was definitely an overreaction. Uh, you know, if racing's better at the mile-and-a-half tracks because these cars are going to be grouped together more and it leads to more passing, exciting races, then great. You know, then I won't be as angry if, you know, Kansas still has two dates on the schedule and, uh, you know, when we're still going to as many mile-and-a-half tracks as we did uh, this year going into 2020. But... That's something to look forward to this year as well. There are things to look forward to, but i just lacking a little bit in my excitement for this year's NASCAR season. But also some other big news uh, before we get to break here that we just got out of the sport here in the last week or so um, that happened just as I was starting to kind of put my thoughts together for this first show of the year was NASCAR made a huge change in their uh, policy concerning post-race inspection. Now cars, the winner is going to be teched at the track right after the race, and if, they're, if they run afoul of the cer- certain rules in that rulebook, they're actually going to get disqualified from winning, and that has never happened uh, in the Cup Series in the modern era. They did it a little bit in the Bush, which is now the Xfinity Series, you know, in the 80s and 90s. But in the modern era, you know, they've never completely disqualified the winner of a cup race. There's always been fines and penalties and suspensions, but a win has never been taken away. Well, that's not the case anymore, Um, despite what Bill France wanted. He wanted, you know, the fans to go home knowing that the guy that crossed the finish line first was the winner of the race. That might not happen because 90 minutes later, when he's inspected and, you know, if there's a major rules infection, he's getting bounced and he's going to finish 40th. And that's crazy. that they're going to do that, but it was kind of a change that needed to happen because NASCAR was getting really sick and tired of when those penalty reports came out Tuesday and Wednesday, and we found out the winner of the race had an L1 infraction for some, uh, you know, illegal rear window or whatever, and they're getting fined and suspended and encumbered finishes and all that crazy stuff. That's all the discussion was then for the second half of the week. Instead of talking about how great the race was, you know, by Tuesday and Wednesday, the race was forgotten, and all we were talking about was the penalties. And I think NASCAR got really sick of that, especially on social media and uh, even through their own uh, satellite radio channel and everything. Um, so cars are now going to get disqualified at the track. They're they're not taking cars to the R and D center in Charlotte and doing these inspections on Monday and Tuesday. These cars, the winner in second place and one other random car in the field are getting inspected right after, or just about right after the race ends. There will be, you know, a, a brief victory lane celebration for the winner. 
but it's a, a very interesting change, and we'll see how long it takes for that first disqualification to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Some people say that, you know, that that they they think it's going to happen, you know, rather quickly. But I think I don't think you. I want to be the first team that goes through that embarrassment of getting getting completely disqualified, and you got to explain to a sponsor who's getting all this negative press because their car was disqualified and stripped of a win. I wouldn't want to be that first team. So I think they're still going to push the boundary to the rules in NASCAR, but I think they may step back from that edge a few inches, especially at least until that first car gets bounced. Uh, from a win this year, um, you'll still see teams trying to push the margins of the rule book, but it's definitely you, you don't want to be that trivia answer that who was the first winner in the NASCAR Cup Series to get disqualified from a win. You know, I, I just I don't think any team wants that mark and have to go through that PR nightmare. So I think teams, you know, maybe gone are the days of teams taking two, three, four times to get through technical inspection at the start of a weekend, and maybe they'll try and play a little more in the rules than they have in years past. But we'll wait and see. Like I said, my excitement's not there, but you know what? I did feel pretty good when I saw cars in the track yesterday at Daytona for practice, and some of that uh, not looking forward to the year kind of went away. So maybe that's just all. I just miss cars on the racetrack, and, and yeah, I'm, I will be watching the Clash this afternoon, you know, and I'm looking forward to that. So maybe it was just the, the long, in finger quotes, long off season that just uh, didn't want me, didn't get me excited. But now to see cars again racing, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. We'll see what happens, but... Uh, that is kind of my opening salvo here. What say you? 803-0551-888-552-550. Anything that I talked about there, anything else going on in the world of motorsports you want to talk about, feel free to bring it. When we come back here on Fast Track, our first guest of the year will be the hot shoot, Shaw Cosfeld, local racers down in Florida this week. He's off to a great start, getting a win last night, and he's got five straight nights of racing coming up at the new Smyrna Speedway in Florida this week for the World Series of Short Track Racing. We'll talk to the hot shoe when we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hey, this is Joey Logano, driver number 22, Shell Penzo Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 11.32 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, debut Cannon and the 2019 season premiere of WGR's Fast Track. We're here each and every Sunday from now until the start of next football season here on the program. Uh, 11 a.m. to 12 noon talking racing with you every Sunday morning. And in case you haven't been paying attention, some notable driver changes in the uh, Cup Series to start the year. Uh, some Faces in new places, including uh, Daniel Suarez, who moves from the 19 car at Joe Gibbs. He'll be driving the 41 now for uh, Stuart Haas Racing as uh, Martin Truex, who, of course, furnished Royal Racing, shut down. So the 78 team is no longer. Uh, the Truex goes to the 19 that Suarez drove. Suarez goes to the 41 with Stuart Haas. Kurt Busch goes from the 41 at Stuart Haas. He'll drive the one car for Chip Ganassi. Uh, AJ Allman, or excuse me, AJ Allmendinger, uh, Jamie McMurray, he is driving the 40 car today in the Clash in the Daytona 500. Then that's it. He's off to doing some TV, I believe. Um, Ryan Newman's driving the six car for Roush Fenway this year. Uh, his ride at Richard Childress Racing, now owned by Daniel Hemrick, who will it'll be the number eight car this year for Richard Childress, not the 31. But uh, he moves up from the Xfinity Series, and th- there's a guy that's kind of cut his teeth. A rare story of a young guy just kind of earning the ride on talent alone, and you know, di- you know, it's a lot of the sponsors from Newman have kind of stayed over, and Hemrick just worked his way up. Started out in Legends cars, even ran modifieds down south for a little bit, but worked his way up, got into the Truck Series, and the Xfinity Series, 
and uh, has earned his shot here in the Cup Series. So I'm hoping he does well. Someone I'm, someone I'll be rooting for this year, just to hopefully he has a decent season. I know you know Richard Childress, the team has kind of struggled in recent years, but just because he's worked his way up from running short tracks and running Legends cars and everything down south, I hope he uh, you know pays off. Uh, AJ Allmendinger not in the 47 car anymore, and that's speaking of short track racers, Ryan Priest, a modified driver from Connecticut, he'll be. Uh, in the 47 this year, we've had Ryan on the program in the past, uh, competed in Modifieds with uh, the NASCAR Modified Tour and among in other events to other Modified races. Uh, it's run with the Race of Champions Series, ran at Lancaster just a couple of years ago. Uh, he earned a spot with uh, Joe Gibbs in the Xfinity Series, won himself in an Xfinity Series race, and uh, that even a part-time schedule paid off as he's now uh, driving the 47 at JTG Doherty racing this season uh, taking over for A.J. Allmendinger. So just some of the new faces and new places. There are some other minor driver changes, you know, the the Matt Tiffs and Matt DiBenedetto's and Corey LaJoy's. They're on some of the lower teams in the sport, uh, but uh, some other shuffling down there. But for the big teams, uh, that's some of the notable driver shifts uh, for 2019. And you'll get used to it. You'll have, to, you'll have to get it all figured out as you watch the uh, clash today uh, coming up with just after 3 o'clock. But right now, we're going to go to the Wester Hotline and head down to Florida and catch up with the first modified winner of the 2019 calendar year. He's also the reigning Race of Champions Modified Series champion. He is the hot shoe, Chuck Hosfeld, and he's back on Fast Track. Chuck, good morning, my friend, and congratulations on starting your year off with a win last night there at the Bronson Speedway. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. It was a great night for sure. Uh, just real quick, just kind of talk about how the race went down. Uh, just reading from reports, your old buddy Matt Hirschman uh, had to make you work for it last night, but you were able to hold on. Just tell us how the race went last night. Yeah, we um, we drew the pole, and uh, I was thinking that we were going to have to just kind of conserve and save our tires because Bronson's really worn out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we drew the pole, so we changed our strategy and just raced the race uh, as if we – you know, if the car burned out with 20 to go or 10 to go, whatever the case was, we were just gonna we we're just gonna go uh, 100%. But uh, the good news was um, Joe that takes care Joe Mancuso that takes care of the car had it perfect, and uh, we were able to hold off Maddie, which isn't it's no easy feat. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I actually think he could go down as one of the best modified drivers ever. So to be able to beat him uh, and hold him off with the way his car handles, it was just a great. Uh, great thing for us to accomplish so you got one win under your belt but now you got five straight nights of racing there at the new Smyrna Speedway for the World Series of uh, Asphalt Short Track Racing starting tomorrow night uh, Monday night and by the way you can watch all these races this week at home for free on uh, fanschoice.tv it's free live streaming every night and so you can watch Chuck and guys like Andy Jankowiak and uh, Patrick Emerling and other drivers from Western New York that are racing down there this weekend but, Chuck, the the field at New Smyrna this year, it just t- seems like not long ago the modified fields at New Smyrna were really short. But this year, they're up to almost 30 cars, and it's a star-studded field. What has uh, brought the, the modified division back up at, at New Smyrna? What, is, what changes have gotten everybody interested in this once again? Because it seemed like not long ago they were lucky to get 15 cars down there. Well, one, uh, to be honest and to be blunt, there was so much cheating going on back when we started, we would go down with a fresh motor, and um, to be honest, I was naive at how much nonsense was going on. And other guys, like from Connecticut, Massachusetts, and stuff, they knew they knew what was going on. So some new officials that came in, um, 
Ricky Brooks. He yeah. Takes care of, he takes care of the officiating. And I think that was the that was the jump start that helped people get interested again. But I think the economy's better. I mean, we went to practice on Thursday and the place was packed with mm-hmm. models and modifieds and, and big haulers, small haulers. Like it was just so exciting to be a part of and this was just practice day. So I think um, there's a lot that does go into it, but I think the biggest answer to, for the modifies to be down there and, um, and 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 get that many cars is the officiating and make sure there's no cheating. Like I said, when we first started going there, I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Blue at the third goes, Chuck, you brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> and like guys were had big motors and Teddy Christopher, God bless him. I don't mean to pick on him uh, because he's not here to defend himself, but. He was the most guilty guy there was. He was cheating so bad. It was, ter- it was ridiculous. And uh, I didn't know the difference. And having said all that, 99% of the time we did everything legit and ran competitive with those guys. So I was, I was proud of that, even though, um, you know, we lost out sometimes because of some of the nonsense that was going on. But, um, I don't regret any of it. I just wish I knew a little more that that was going on at the time, you know. <laughs> Well, it's certainly shaping up to be, uh, as I said, star-studded field. Almost thirty modifieds are, are registered, and really these days, Chuck, modified racing. You know, you've got the NASCAR series, which stays mostly in New England. They they do some tra- and they do some races down south. We've got our race at Champion series, which kind of stays in Western and Central New York and Pennsylvania. And it's not often that those two groups of modified drivers get to compete together as much as they did maybe back in the day. I mean, you've got a few guys that run both series. You used to run both series. You know, guy, uh, Tommy Catalano, he's running both series now. But for the most part, it's not often you've got you and Andy and Pat and the Catalanos and some of, and some of the ROC guys going up against Doug Kobe and Ryan Priest. And, you know, Matt Hirschman runs everywhere. But it's not often we get as big a field like this of guys from both series racing against each other. I, I'm sure you're looking forward to competing against some of these guys again. Yeah, uh, I really am. And Thursday when we practiced, our car was really fast. And uh, I think it's going to stay under us. Well, I, I know it is. But, um, the thing is, when you take uh, modifies, it's something that people, uh, it's like in their blood. So when you talk about being in our area or even here in Florida, there's modified fans. Mm-hmm. What I'm what I was trying to say is there's something about those cars the way they're light and fast and the sound and everything that's just so addictive. So when you get everyone together from different areas and race, um, it, it makes it fun because if you win at New Smyrna, it's like uh, you really accomplished something because there's so much talent. Not just the drivers, I mean the crew guys and the, the tire guys and, and the engine builders and stuff. It's just a talented group of racers. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is five straight nights of racing. You know, there's a point series. They crown an overall series champion. But there's also a couple big races. You've got the, the John Blewett Memorial Race, I think, Wednesday. And, of course, the big one, the Richie Evans Memorial on Friday. How do you approach this week, Chuck? Do you go for the, to win the series championship? Or do you just want to go there and, you know, maybe get your stuff set Monday, Tuesday so you can go win the Richie Evans Race on Friday? How do you approach this week? Well, after doing it a handful of years, actually... <laughs> I'm older than that. It's more than a handful. <laughs> Anyways, after doing it a long time, what's important is realizing what you're up against. Monday, you just have to realize how much racing you're going to do mm-hmm. to be 
to be aggressive or to do something stupid on Monday night, it will wreck. It could wreck your whole week. Yep. And I remember coming down here when we raced nine nights and looking around the pit area, and the pit area was full. And then on the ninth night, looking around, and half of those people that were there racing had either crashed or they loaded up their trailers and they went home. Mm-hmm. We to finish up the week out is the most important thing. So we'll start out making sure if we we got a third place car, we get that third place. And then towards the end, you can get a little more aggressive. And we have been fortunate enough to win the championship before. And uh, that I would say at this point, that's our goal. And we just got to make the, the right moves each night so that at the end, we're competing for it. Uh, Chuck, last thing before we let you go. I know I'm sure you're busy getting things prepared to start your week tomorrow. But up here back home, there are a lot of question marks going in on the pavement side of racing here in West New York. A lot of question marks. But it's a shame because... We're kind. Of, we've kind of been on this upswing, you know, with the improvements at Lancaster and the the ROC series being back on an upswing and you know doing more for their drivers and kind of balancing the playing field there a little bit and, and getting a lot more guys a shot to win in the ROC series. Just what are your thoughts on this coming season with uh, what we've got to work with at the moment? Well, it's it's unfortunate, but it's not a very positive take that I that I'm looking at because. Racing such a commitment on on a on a driver car owner's end, as far as the sacrifice that's involved, and when someone doesn't know what track they're going to race at or what a schedule is, you know it's hard to get sponsors. It's hard to build a car. It's hard to get excited when you don't know, like you don't you don't know you know what a schedule is or what track you're going to be at. Mm. And um, I really hope something. I'm optimistic. I hope something happens good for Lancaster and Spencer. Um, you know, what we'll do is if, if something positive doesn't come out of it, of course, we'll support the race of champions, but, you know, maybe we'll have to travel a little bit to race just to get our, our normal amount of races in. Um, I'm really hoping something, we, you know, we hear something good so that a guy that's maybe not working on his car or not chasing sponsors gets excited and, and we have good fields and good, good fan base and everything, because like you said, it was on an upswing. It was healthy and I think with Pacman leaving um whether people loved him or hated him or whatever the case was he was really good for Lancaster Speedway and, and um you know that I, whatever happened happened but um you know it's a shame that he's gone to be honest well Chuck uh, I know you got big five nights ahead of you you're off to a great start best of luck uh we'll be watching back up here in the cold on fans choice watching and uh, following you and everybody else from western new york and the roc series that are competing this week best of luck and thanks for the time this morning my friend hey my pleasure here's the thing i always ask you ask me some tough questions you didn't ask me anything controversial got nothing for me uh, I I thought I thought my last question was pretty was, was a, a tough question, but I don't know what do you, just what's you have anything edgy for me? You don't what, can't make me look foolish. I open my mouth and say something dumb. You got nothing for me? I, I don't know. You you got a hot take? You just want to lay on us here before you go, or what? No, no. I was hoping you. I like to be controversial. <laughs> last time we did good. This one was calm. I appreciate it. You do a good job, and thanks for everything you do for racing. I mean, you take a lot of time away from your stuff, and and really have helped racing. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Again, uh, hope we'll see you soon. And, and again, best of luck this week. Okay, buddy. Take care. All right. The hot shoe Chuck Hosfeld, one of the many uh, Western New York drivers and, and Southern Ontario drivers that are in Florida this week. You've got the pavement stuff there at New Smyrna. On the dirt side, 
Uh, you've, you've got Volusia. You've got the, all the major uh, World Racing Group series. You've got the World of Outlaws, Sprint Cars, and Late Models. You've got the Super Dirt Car Modifieds, of course, with Eric Rudolph down there uh, running with the big block Modifieds against all the big names, you know, the Matt Shepherds and uh, Billy Deckers and Brett Hearns with the, the, su- the Super Dirt Car Big Block Modifieds. They'll be in action later this week down at Volusia. A lot of that streaming on uh, Dirt Vision and uh, Flow Racing. Uh, you also have, kind of new this year, the, I think it's called North Florida Speedway. They're running the 602 Crate Nationals, and a lot of the dirt sportsman drivers from Ransomville and Genesee and Humberstone, they were uh, competing down there, uh, started uh, Friday night into Saturday night. I think tonight's the last night of that, but a lot of the dirt sportsman drivers, guys like Chris Burek, Kyle Lindman, uh, Andrew Smith, uh, some of the Canadian guys like Chad Chevalier, Jay, Jay Mallory, they, you know, the guys that run... Uh, Humberstone and Genesee and Ranceville, and they run with the BEI Lightning Series and the ROC Sportsman Series. Uh, a lot of those guys going down there and, and uh, trying something new this year. That's a new thing down there at the North Florida Speedway. I know uh, Kyle Inman finished third yesterday, I believe. Uh, Kyle's out of Darien, New York, a regular at the Genesee Speedway. So uh, it seems like this year more than ever, it's probably the most drivers from West New York to go down south for speed weeks in a while. Uh, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, obviously a lot more went down there, but I think with the addition of of what the 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 sport dirt sportsman guys are doing and the big blocks and again just the big turnout this year for the modifieds down there uh, just seems like more than ever than this year is a, a lot of drivers that you see race here during the summer months are starting their season this week at speed weeks and I think it's great and uh, wish them all luck and again try and find them uh, all these events are streaming online and again the new Smyrna stuff's free at Fans Choice TV if you want to watch it this week starting tomorrow night. But uh, find the dirt stuff, too, uh, on their various streaming platforms. But it's fun that we can all follow it here back home, too, and stay on top of it. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, wrap up this first edition of Fast Track for 2019. Got some uh, tweets in during during our talk with Chuck Hosfeld and, and some reaction to our first segment. So we'll talk about that, fantasy racing, and more. We'll uh, wrap up Fast Track when we get back here on WGR. Hi, this is Kevin Harvick, driver of the number four, Jimmy John's Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio. 550. Kevin Harvick, one of four drivers involved in a practice, not really a crash, more multi-car spin-out, but it was him, uh, Ryan Newman, uh, Chase Elliott, and one other driver's name escapes me at the moment, but it was funny. Uh, Newman and Harvick's car, the, there's no, NASCAR has no rule on how low those cars can the bodies of the car, how low they can be. No ride height rule at Daytona. So those bodies almost drag on the ground. And be, both Newman and Harvick had spun out. There was a little bit of damage, not a lot, but all the you know they had flat tires. So they knew if they let their cars be towed back to the pits, the bodywork would get more damage just from being towed back to the pits than from the incident. And they'd have to go to a backup car, and they didn't want to do that for the clash. So NASCAR allowed the both teams to bring a new set of tires, or at least a, a set of tires with air in them. They changed the tires on the backstress so they could drive the cars back to the garage area to make the body repairs instead of having them towed back. But it held up the pre- one practice des- session yesterday for like a half an hour while they figured out what to do because you know Harvick was almost refusing them to you know don't tow the car back. So the Na- they had to come up with what to do, and they had to shuttle the a pit crew guy and a set of tires for each car and uh, even Newman helped change the tires on the car so that was uh, something that happened in practice yesterday so those guys didn't have to go to backup cars I believe Chase Elliott did for the clash speaking of Chase Elliott though uh, some breaking news out of Daytona uh, both uh, Elliott along with Austin and Ty Dillon all their cars uh, those three cars have failed pre-qualifying inspection twice already this morning as they try to 
get uh, inspected for uh, Daytona pole qualifying, uh, and, if, and that means those three teams will have their car chiefs inspected um, or injected, uh, ejected. I can't get the right word this morning. Ejected, not inspected, but their crew chief will be ejected for a failing tech. And I believe Elliot, as of last check, his car is still not passed uh, pre-qualifying inspection so far today, Daytona. And that's pretty big because, of course, Hendrick Motorsports has won the poll the last four years in a row at Daytona, including two for Elliott. Of course, last year was Alex Bowman. And so they were going to be kind of my favorites to win the poll today. But we'll see what happens after they get through uh, technical inspection. Uh, as we wrap up this uh, season premiere here at Fast Track, some interesting tweets from Dustin. Uh, one of the things he thought was interesting is how much of the sport, uh, major motorsports is hurt with the disappearance of alcohol and tobacco sponsorship. And that's, that, that is a valid point, although I think the, those pains from those going away, that the, the, the t- tobacco sponsorship disappeared almost 20 years now. So I think that not, not so much of why they feel current pain, but that definitely hurts. And there's still some beer involvement, but both Miller Coors and Anheuser-Busch have really scaled back their involvement in NASCAR uh, throughout the years, but uh, it's definitely valid. I mean, you go back and look at the eighties and how many cars, you know, had Skull sponsorship and old Milwaukee and all the different brands that was, you know, almost a quarter of the field had alcohol or tobacco sponsorship. And now, you know, tobacco sponsorship is pretty much illegal, I believe. And the, the beer sponsors have kind of, you know, gone away. We did have those few years where you had a lot of spirits get involved when, you know, Jack Daniels and crown Royal, but even those brands have exited the sport, but a valid point by Dustin. Um, also he, uh, Dustin also tweeted about some of the spending, and that's also that that something's been talked about a lot as they try to, you know, reduce the cost for some of these teams. And it's hard because these teams want to make their cars go as fast as possible, and they they spend a lot of money to do that. So how do you, you know, once that box is open, how do you put that all back in, and how do you make these teams cut back after they spent all this money, much money making their cars go faster? So it would be interesting how they could control that. What kind of spending caps could they put in place to try and save these teams? Because you know, cup car ownership has gotten so expensive you know that those costs have skyrocketed over the last 20 30 years and uh, the sponsorship is getting harder and harder to find but uh so thank you dustin for those tweets uh, appreciate that uh one other thing want to touch upon before we go today and that is our annual fast track fantasy league uh always a favorite for some of our most loyal listeners uh the site this year it's we're using the same site but the the name of the site has changed um, if you go to our Facebook page or if you look at the tweet that's pinned on my account, uh, you'll see the information. But uh, it's now called drivergroupgame.com. It's the it's going to be the same game as last year, but just uh, they changed the name of the website. And if you played last year, all you got to do is go to this website, use your login from last year, and it automatically copies your account over and even puts you right back in the Fast Track League. So it's drivergroupgame.com. Uh, if you've never played, you can still sign up at drivergroupgame.com. And then you just got to join our league. Our league is number uh, 572. That's the ID number for our league, 572. And then the password is uh, WGR550, and that's uh, WGR in all lowercase. So that's also on our social media pages if you need to go back and find it. But, again, drivergroupgame.com is the website we're using for our Fast Track Fantasy League. Uh, one other uh, Quickly, but going back to the beer sponsorship, speaking of beer and racing, uh, tomorrow uh, at the Genesee Brewery in Rochester, the folks from Genesee and uh, Watkins Glen have a big announcement tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but uh, both uh, P- 
people I've talked to at the Glen and Genesee Beer and uh, Fife Co. North American Breweries. Uh, very excited for this big announcement tomorrow. Not sure what it is, but uh, looking forward to seeing what that what is going to be tomorrow. Uh, again, 11 o'clock, so look forward to that. Already, uh, the Genesee social media has been kind of active, kind of teasing what this announcement might be. Uh, whether it's just some kind of sponsorship and a special walk, maybe some special Watkins Glen beer packaging, or is Genesee going to step up and be a major title sponsor of one of their events? We'll uh, yet to see. But that is tomorrow at 11 o'clock at the Genesee Brewery in Rochester. So looking forward to that. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. We'll be back next Sunday, 11 a.m., special Daytona 500 preview edition. Also, Thursday night here in WGR, the uh, the duels, the qualifying races that set the rest of the starting positions, those races are going to be on WGR Thursday night. And I don't think that's ever happened before, which is so it's pretty cool. Uh, 7 o'clock, soon as show open Bulldog's done, just keep your radio on and you can hear the duels uh, here on WGR this Thursday. So looking forward to that. And uh, we'll talk to you on social media during the week. And if not, we will talk to you next Sunday right back here at 11 a.m. on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.